Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 119 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law. It's a little early this morning, but Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm caffeinated. Uh, I got a text from you last night. You said, hey, you're not allowed to be here after 8.30. You need to be here promptly or else you're getting booted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. All right. <laughs> it was like it was like a fucking order. You're like, you can be here no later than 8.30. I was like, shit, all right. I guess I have to go to bed now. Thanks, mom. <laughs> and, and, so I got up at 6 because I have to drop my dog off before this. And like 8.30 to you is you can roll out of bed at 8.30. And me, it's I have to get up at 6, prepare the dog, walk the dog, bring it to the parents, socialize with the parents, drink some coffee, and then come over here. It's a long commute. It's like 45 minutes of driving to be like, yeah. So it's early. It's 830. I'm caffeinated, ready to go. Um, Rusty had a brilliant idea uh, in his sleepiness uh, to open up with dinosaur noises. Okay, let's let's go back a little bit. So first of all, I didn't didn't mean for the, the text message to come across as so aggressive. No, it's cool. I was just... And it hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, because I was kind of like, because Lauren, we have um, kind of this get together with her boss this afternoon. Um, you don't need to justify your aggression. And her coworkers. And so she said that, hey, I have an exam in the morning. I need you guys to record as early as possible. That way you guys can get going and I can just start recording without having to be interrupted. If you came over at like nine or 10 or whenever, you know, you usually would come over. And I said, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just shoot Ryan a note and just say, hey, you need to get over here early. And so my, my text message read something to the effect of, Ryan, you can get here no later than like 830 or something like that. Yeah. I think I threw a please in there or something. No, it was it, Lauren demands it. She has a test <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? But yeah, so last night I was thinking, by the way, Ryan, do you hear anything? I don't know. What's what's up with that? Yeah, so the cicadas are just about dead, and even if they're not, it's too early in the morning for them. They're still sleeping. They haven't even had their coffee yet, so yeah. they're not caffeinated. But I was like, <laughs> I, I tried to go to bed relatively early last night because I knew that I'd have to wake up early yeah. and record the podcast and everything like that. And it's easy to wake up and kind of like check your email and work for like an hour or two before you're like ready to go for meetings and stuff. Yeah. But to wake up, roll out of bed and record a two hour podcast isn't always the easiest thing. But anyways, here we are. We're doing it. And I thought in my sleepiness <laughs> last night, I was just laying in bed. Uh, I, I threw on Mulan. Lauren was out in the living room or the family room watching uh, The Crown. Yeah. She's been, she's been binging that show recently. So she came in after a few episodes. At this point, she literally came in during the scene where Mulan is firing the rocket at the the mountain. Nice. To start the avalanche. How could you miss? <laughs> uh, and so I was like, Shh, no, stop it. I, I know I've seen this movie like a thousand times, but you need to sit down. We're good. We got to watch this. So we watched until the end of that movie. And then we were just talking. And at this point, like I was in ultra sleeping mode. And I was like, you know what would be hilarious on the podcast tomorrow? Is if I tell this like elaborate story about how I wake up I go to the kitchen, I start the pot of coffee, Scoob's crying at the door, I need to let him out, and I let him out, I grab a cup of coffee, I walk outside, 
and I see Scoob kind of just sitting, he has a puzzled look on his face, just sitting out there in the yard. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this mammoth creature walking, and I hear this crazy-ass noise. And then I cue up like a fucking Baranosaurus sound clip from YouTube. <laughs> and in the midst of that, I would edit together like the Jurassic Park theme and make the joke that, you know, the cicadas might be dead. But no one told me that not only do they come back every 17 years, the dinosaurs come back every 65 million years. Yeah. And then Lauren was like, shh, Rusty, just go to bed. <laughs> So there's no Jurassic Park themes. I'm not yeah. playing any brontosaurus noises. But. You told me that this morning. I was just like, dude, you're editing. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm game for brontosauruses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's not what we're doing today. But we do have a relatively, uh, I would say, exciting agenda. We don't have a packed agenda today. We get to talk about our weeks as we typically do. This is Otaki Brothers, by the way. My name is Rusty. As I said at the top of the show, that's Ryan. We try to talk about video games most of the time. Sometimes we talk about dinosaurs and cicadas. This is an educational program, <laughs> after all. Yeah. Our key things. Cicadas, dinosaurs, and video games. <laughs> <laughs> we should change our bio. <laughs> Every single week, friends. Yeah. But we also, we are coming off of the cusp of E3 announcements, the season of surprises. I don't know if I was surprised a ton in the past week, but I was entertained. So we got to go down the listing of all of the different conferences, assign a letter grade because that's what we do, our top five games announced, and kind of just overall impressions of how the show went, pacing, things of that nature. Because we know last year we didn't have E3, so we were going into this with some mighty expectations. And I think I had some fun, but I'm looking forward to talking about that in the back half of the show. We also have to talk about the games that we have been playing recently, as we always do on this podcast. I know I wrapped up Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, the hot new release on PlayStation 5. Got to talk about that. And Ryan, I think you made some some progress in Persona 5. Yeah, that and RuneScape. Hell yeah. Crushing life right now. (laughs) We got to talk about it all on Otaka Brothers. But as we always do, we kick off the show just talking about our weeks, how we're doing. Ryan, how the heck are you? I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little tired. I've been trying to get up earlier, uh, which is a process. (laughs) So I've been trying to get up around six. I think my end goal would be maybe not getting up like I did at four. That's just stupid. Yeah, because it's stupid. Um, But probably five. I'm shooting for five right now. It feels really good when you get into like a consistent rhythm. Like whenever we go on vacation, you know, you always have to hop on an early flight. Mm hmm. Driving to the airport early in the morning before the sun is, you know, risen, but like it's it's starting to rise. Yeah, and it's just there's just a calmness to the world. It, it's so peaceful, and then you have the birds chirping, mm. and then I I've been opening up my sliding glass door out to my porch, and Nala's just been chilling, viewing her pride lands, mm. and uh, yeah, just with the birds chirping, it's a good atmosphere, and then a cup of coffee. Yeah, what does Mufasa say to Simba? Anything the light touches is our land. Yeah, he sounds exactly like that. Something like that. Dude, James Earl Jones. Just trying to chill. I am your father. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mufasa. Chill, James. Yeah. But uh, good stuff. Yeah. I hope I can get in a, into a more consistent rhythm of waking up early. Certainly when I go back into the office, uh, I've been getting up early. But Yeah. Uh, so I think, are you, you're 100% one week and then... What, no, off the next? Is that you it's, or Lauren? It's a hybrid model every other week. So Lauren is every other week. She goes in one week, out the other, five days a week when she's in. Okay. After the 4th of July, though, she's full-time all the time. 
That sucks. In the office. And for me, I'm still a hybrid model where I'm every other week, but even the weeks that I'm in the office, I only need to be there three days. Yeah, I like that way better. Um, I think they're thinking for us 60-40. Whether that's going to be 60-40 in or out of the office, it's not sure yet. Uh, I told my manager about us going to Colorado. Hell in yes. August, and she's like, "Awesome!" I just told her I'm taking a week off. Good, just let you know. And she's like, "Yeah, cool." Have you and asked if I've ever been out there and stuff? And I'm like, "No." From what I heard, uh, Rusty and Lauren, when they went out there, they didn't want to come back. So uh, I'm gonna need to be work from home forever <laughs> out in Colorado. And she's like, "I don't know if that's possible." I'm like, "I don't know if I want to be here." <laughs> The funny thing is when you just literally drop the bomb when you come back and say, or if you don't come back, you know, and just say, listen. Yeah. I'll I'm, just fly out Nala on her own. I'm done. Flight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. That, that is the hope. That is the hope. Yeah. And then you can visit me. That'll be an excuse. Yeah. We could still record the podcast. We just record it mo- remotely, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah. you. I mean, you were selling it that there are dogs everywhere. And I'm certainly I'm all in, about dogs in Denver. Everywhere. Denver's a, a great city to, to visit if you haven't been there before. I know you haven't, but um, I, I don't know. Like, the first word that comes to mind is just it's it's so modernized, like the streets and everything like that, the sidewalks, the ar- architecture, the buildings, and everything like that. It just feels like a, a city that was just built like yesterday. You know, yeah, like um, a nice Columbus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a beautiful city, and literally every single person seems to be walking a dog. And it's not one of those things where, like, I don't know, like even around here when we walk our dog in the neighborhood, or even if Lauren and I are just going on a walk, there's just kind of this um, unwritten rule that you don't just pet someone's dog, which I think is stupid. Like, dude, if- I don't give a shit about that rule or that's socially accepted. I if there's a dog. And it comes towards me. I'm getting down on one knee and petting it if it, it looks friendly. Exactly. I mean, That's... if it's like foaming at the mouth, ready to eat me, <laughs> I'll hesitate and then pet it. Yeah. But, yeah. No, for sure. And Denver's one of those places where it it the social norm is that you are always getting on two knees and just loving the hell out of these dogs. Is it like a bougie kind of like more no. up? No, Dude, it's like down Colorado to Colorado is just a bunch of free spirits. They're just the nicest people. I mean, I, obviously there's assholes. I guess everywhere. they have all the weed out there, right? Everyone's just lit all the time. <laughs> yeah, lit and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> 420 blaze it, brah. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, okay, so not to transition to RuneScape, but the world that I'm in for RuneScape is 420. Oh, yeah. And it's like there's a certain skill requirement to go into that. Not that I've got all the skills, but... You've got dude, a lot of skills, bro. I do have all the in skills. And out, in and out of RuneScape, let me tell you. Dude, I'm just, you know, connoisseur of all the things. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it's just a bunch of people. Like, it's its its own kind of unique community, but it's like half the people are like, dude, just blazing, man, just getting lit. Nice. So, yeah, RuneScape and drugs. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't play that game under the influence of something. Yeah, I know. Some of the tedium yeah. of it. But uh, anyways, so yes, you did talk about it. Colorado, we're going out in August. I could not be more thrilled to take you out there, kind of be your roadmap, your your tour guide, if you will. My Sherpa. Yeah, we can we can go there. Uh, but we're going <laughs> <laughs> to... That's not how that word is used. But <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but we're not even going to It's continue. like a mountain guide. So like to go up... To Mount Everest, you need a Sherpa oh. to guide your way. I'll be your Sherp. He's nice. Okay. My bro Sherp. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yes, so my plan is we'll go to Avon, the city that Laura and I have spent most of our time in. Mm-hmm. Amazing city, great local hikes, great local food, awesome bar scene, the best people. It's just a great place to be. So we're going to stay there for four nights and then we'll stay in Denver for three nights. That's the tentative plan. And I know I've talked about this band recently or a couple episodes back when I watched the What Drives Us documentary that Dave Grohl of Foo Fighter fame directed. And so one of the bands or the whole purpose of that documentary was, as the name would imply, What Drives Us is about bands that really got their humble beginnings, driving a van, cross country and just touring, you know, going to shows, playing from really crummy um, dive bars and then eventual stadiums, right? Yeah. And one of the bands that he interviewed were these three brothers from St. Joseph, I think St. Joseph, Missouri. And they started back in 2010. Their name is Radke. And they literally got their name from their last name. So their name, their last name is spelled Radke, just Rad and then K-E. Mm-hmm. And then they just added a Y at the end so that they could have like a, a band logo with an actual a key key type of thing. But yeah. but anyways, they are kind of a punk rockish groovy rock type of band. And I've just fallen head over heels in love with all of their music. I've been listening to all of their records, all of their singles, just everything on Spotify that I can consume. I've been listening to it, fallen in love with the band. And then next month, I, me- I mentioned this recently too, I'm going to see the Foo Fighters as part of their... 26th anniversary tour. Yeah. Well, Radke's opening up for them. So I'm super pumped about that. The other thing, the other day, they released tour dates for them touring just solo as a band. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to need to get tickets for Lauren and I. So I'm scrolling and I'm looking at the dates, looking at the dates, looking at the dates. I'm not seeing any places local to us. And then I see Denver, Colorado. And I see that it's, I think, August like 12th on a Thursday and I was like yo yo this could be the move (laughs) we spent a couple nights in Avon we book it back to Denver we chill Wednesday night and then Thursday we wake up do whatever the heck we want and then we go see Radke Thursday night at this marquee theater which is really kind of just this this bar that has a ton of floor space and then tucked in the back corner, you have a little mini stage where the band plays. Yeah. And it's general admission. I literally paid $15 per ticket. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be great. And if we get there earlier enough, we can literally just be right up front with them. Yeah. And if they try to like surf on us, we can touch them. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> yes, man. I'm down. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so... To give people a little taste of Radke, I, I, I faded out one of the episodes a couple weeks back with one of their songs, but there's one song in particular that you're going to literally lose your shit when I play it for you. Yeah, this is better than Brontosaurus noises, <laughs> just let you know. <laughs> yes, so the other amazing thing about these brothers is that, and they're not identical twins, but they do seem like they're relatively close in age. Probably yeah. like mid to late 20s, I would say. They look very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, they're ultra nerds. Yeah. Like one of the, like the drummer will be wearing like a Shenron shirt when the bassist Isaiah is wearing like a Superman t-shirt. Yeah. Indeed, the lead guitarist and vocalist is wearing an N64 t-shirt. Like they are just my kind of people. Yeah. All right. And they have some really kick-ass tunes that I love and I've been listening to um endlessly for the past couple of weeks so just strap in ryan 
I'm strapped. Are you like literally? I don't know if you're going to be able to comprehend the song that these people wrote. Slash, it's more of a cover, I should say. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, I think I'm. Yeah, I'll survive this maybe. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take a listen. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, I it's been so long since I've heard that song. I didn't I I guess I didn't remember that they spelled it out at the end. I don't even know if they do. I've never really watched Teen Titans, so Dude, Teen Titans was awesome. Yeah, Robin, Starfire, The Goth Girl, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. Mm. Raven, that was her name. Yeah. And then they they uh they're in a giant T in the middle of an island. I did. I never put together that Robin was Batman's sidekick, and they're in the DC universe. What is wrong with you? Uh, I'm an idiot. That's what's wrong with me. Apparently. What do you mean? Robin was Batman's sidekick? No, Robin in Teen Titans was a younger version of Batman's sidekick. Well, yeah. If his name is Robin and he looks like Robin, he's probably Batman's Dude, younger. Dude, you know what? I was. <laughs> 
I'm a Marvel fan, not a DC fan as a younger youth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, first so, of all, you need to be brought up to speed because these guys are huge DC and Marvel fans. Yeah, is a song above them called Marvel? And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that one yeah. later. Yeah, no, that'll be a ton of fun. Yeah. We need uh, nerd t-shirts if we're going to go there. Well, I have a Radkey t-shirt, so that's Do what you? I'm wearing. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, if you wear a Batman, you wear your Batman Robin shirt. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah I'll do that. Yeah. But anyways, so Radke, super pumped to see him in Denver. And then I thought like, oh no, you know, I was up here preparing for the pod, I think two nights ago. And then Lauren texts me from downstairs and is like, yo, Radke's coming to our city. And I was like, what? They posted more tour dates. So I checked the tour dates. Tickets were $17 a piece local to us. It's too expensive now. But tickets. So Lauren and I are seeing him in October. So, I'm gonna so see you'll him, be seeing him three times. Seeing him three times in a matter of like three months. Awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. And the funny thing too is I, um, after they posted their tour dates, I re- replied to them on Twitter and I said, just p- order my tickets. I'll see you in Denver. And they retweeted me. Oh. Yeah. So we're close. Dude. We're basically best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, Rad Key is awesome. Literally Rad, R-A-D, Key. All one word. Check them out on Spotify, everything else. Um, just a really great band. Yeah. A lot sure. of unique sounds. So definitely check them out. They have, I think, three or four records out right now. They just released one called Green Room last year. Uh, I pre-ordered the record a couple weeks back and it arrived already. So I've been listening to that quite a bit. Is that the green record on your your spindle? Yes. My record What's player. What's it called? Record player? <laughs> My spindle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radkey, good stuff. But yeah, no, Colorado, I think, is going to be a really good time for us. Um, we'll kind of map out what we want to do if there's other bands playing. Like, even if we don't have a an invested interest in the band, like, live music is live music, dude. Yeah. So uh, we'll map out what we want to do and when, but I am just super pumped to get yeah, out there. Yeah, me too. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a ton of fun. be good times. But enough about uh, our weeks and all that fun stuff, Ryan. What have you been playing this week? I've been playing two things. Uh, first off, last weekend, I think last Saturday after we recorded, um, I got another cape. Oh boy. In the scapes. So I was happy about that. Um, finished out crafting and then fletching. I think last week I was at 90 and I'm up to 95 as of last night. Um, but that one's a nice one that I can do. And so for that, as thrilling as it is, you cut logs into bows and then you string the bows. Stringing the bows is twice as fast XP, same amount of XP as cutting the logs, but when you're cutting the logs, it's easy to take notes, and I can prepare for the podcast, so I knocked out 95. So question, when you play Fable and you do some of those tasks in the town to like make money or up your skills, mm-hmm. it's like almost a rhythm game where there's like a little meter going back and forth, and you have to hit it at the center at the right time. Is yeah. there anything like that in RuneScape, or is it more just like you walk over to a task to interact with it, and it just goes? Uh, no, it's not a rhythm-type game. It's not like, I'm thinking like Mario Golf meter, where you have to hit a specific... Yeah. Yeah, it's not one of those. Okay. So for this, I get out my knife and 27 magic logs, click on, and then it, I can do the bows. Okay. Um, your inventory is 28 spaces, so for like stringing the bows, it's 14 bow strings, 14 cut logs or mm-hmm. bows um yeah so yeah, i'm not gonna knock out 99 this week but um, probably a couple weeks from now i'll get that finish that one out so 
Yeah, nice. about fourteen percent done. There's twenty three skills, and I have three ninety nines now. So about fourteen percent done. Good for you. Yeah, making progress. And then also Persona, my uh, gents challenge game. How's that coming along? Good. So I think last week I was at six hours, just plugging away, and I I think I just got a deadline. Basically, I was going to get expelled within twelve days unless I destroyed a mine castle or something. Um, so yeah, I went through the first dungeon, I beat the first boss, and I'm, I think, a day after that, after kind of the repercussions of that action. Okay. Um, so I'm about 14 hours in now. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Well, speaking of the Tarkaron Gents and the Gents Challenge, um, definitely go check them out. I know we shot them out a lot here, but they're good friends of the show, and I like doing that here. So Tarkaron, T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N, go check them out on YouTube. Zach, the main co-host... I shouldn't say main co-host. It's Zach and Alec. Yeah. Uh, both of them. But Zach just posted. Yeah, and Alec, the sidekick. <laughs> Where were you going with that? Dude, I am still trying to wake up. I know. Still drinking my coffee. Forgive me, Chronolink91. But uh, Zach just posted the episode that you were on. Yeah. Talking about the Jin's Challenge. That was good fun. But one of the things you and, you know, Chrono were talking about were when the game opens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten to that point? Yes. So basically for... They said, hey, you're getting expelled, and you have 12 days to basically solve your issue. Okay. And, like, yeah, basically solve it. And from there, I had 12 days to figure out how I wanted to best spend that time. I could dive into the dungeon whenever I wanted to, um, but you also, you will lose the game. Like, it'll, if you don't knock out that dungeon in that 12 days, like, the game's over. What? Like, you lose. Um, so, like, yeah. You can lose this game, apparently. Interesting. So I was trying to knock out that for the the first couple days, and then I got within like a checkpoint of what I thought. Um, It turns out there's a like they use days pretty quick when you're trying to close up this dungeon. So I lost like three days. So I was within like two days of losing the game. Uh, So that's good to know for future dungeons. Uh, But then I could also spend like my evenings however I wanted. So I was like. I went to uh, this shady doctor, and I was, like, letting her test drugs on me so I could open up her shop. I went and, like, you form relationships with these characters, which grows your bond or whatever with them. So one of my favorite GTA clones is The Godfather on Xbox 360 back in the day. And you could extort store owners for money, so you get a cut of whatever they make every single week. Yeah. Now, this lady, she's testing these drugs on you. Does that mean you get a cut of her money every week or something? I think it lets me buy new medicines, which are like the healing items in the game. Okay. Um, I, I can get a job and work at like a store or like a flower shop, depending on my character's like attributes, I guess. There's, I think, five. Like, yeah, I think you have to charm your way into getting jobs or forming relationships. Or, mm, okay. There's a lot of stuff that I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. But I think you're trying to raise your skills, like guts, knowledge, for like answering questions correctly guts. in school. Do you have it? I think guts like are raised by doing like food eating challenges. There's mm-hmm. one of those. Um, but yeah, I went running with the blonde dude. And he, like you start understand their backstory more Mm. as like you spend more time with them but like you can only do one main activity during the day like after school 
So you have to pick wisely and kind of manage your time. Okay. Yeah, so I think I'm in that open area. I don't know, like after being the first boss, it kind of closed out what the first 14 hours was. And I think that's where he said I should make my judgment on, like after beating the first dungeon, whether I like the game or not. Okay. But you're enjoying your, I mean, you're 14 hours in, so kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, it, The hardest part is starting it up, but once you start it, it, you're, it's easy to continue. That that is a a real thing, though, right? With with any game, really, is that yeah. knowing how daunting daunting of a task it is, it half the battle is literally just turning on your console and playing it, mm-hmm. and then once you're going, man, it's like the law of law of motion. You just keep going. Yeah, an object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by an outside or another object. Persona Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned that in the game in school because I'm literally answering shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I mean, waking up early one morning, I was trying to knock out that dungeon in the evening. It was getting too late. So I got up at five and played a couple hours. And it was hard to turn it off, but I had to start work mm. at seven. So, yeah, I, I'll, I mean, I'll turn it on today. And the nice thing is, I mean, I didn't do it my last main kind of session of playing. But I think my first six hours I did, I, I'm able to cut the logs because it's somewhat AFK for those 27 logs that I can cut in RuneScape. I can just put my knife on it and then let it go for a minute as I'm playing Persona. To, like, Because most of it's your interactions or conversations with these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't keep going. You have to continue by clicking the conversation. So they say one thing and then I clicked for the next li- line of dialogue. So I'm able to, I don't know, multitask. Dude, not only are you enhancing your, what is it, log skill and runescape. <laughs> the, the log skill. <laughs> but you're enhancing your real life multitask skill. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm basically getting a college degree while <laughs> <I'm in> the, <laughs> by multitasking on two games. <laughs> I'm in the process of building you a cape as we speak. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to knit it together for you. Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, the Fletching cape that I'm actually going for is the first... I think and only Cape Dion ever got oh, in RuneScape. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, Lauren's best friend. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, glad you're making progress in Persona 5. That is quite the the uh, the hill to climb. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm just, I'm picturing I'm 14% done. Because I'm, I'm assuming it's 100 hours. That's a good nice way to look at number. it. That's a good way to look at it. But, I mean, I, I'm curious about what's going on with the story. There's kind of a background plot of like mind control and it jumps forward in time. Like you have, the game starts out, you're on this like heist and you get caught and you're being interrogated. So like as you form relationships in the current time, it jumps forward to you be interrogated mm. of like, how do you know this person? Were they involved kind of thing? It's It'll eventually make its way forward until the two timelines converge. Okay. So yeah. very cool. Or like why I was doing a time heist in the beginning. Good stuff. Yeah. Like what about that. you? Yeah. So for me, um, the biggest game that I played this week and completed was Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. Again, as I said earlier, this is the hottest new release on PlayStation Five, and my goodness, was this game just freaking amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's also your fiftieth platinum, which is awesome. It is. It was my fiftieth platinum and my twenty-fifth beat for the year. 
<laughs> I don't even know if I've beaten a game this year. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Like, last year I beat, I want to say, like, 13 games for an entire year. And you're, like, six months into this year and you have double what I beat all of last year. And to be fair, a lot of those games were smaller um like, I beat Puss in Boots on PS3. Dude, I beat... That's a gargantuan game. Disney's Pixar Up on the PS3. That's a 100-hour game right there. <laughs> Lady and the Lizard Cats or whatever the heck. Okay, that's like a 10-minute game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the games that I've been beating haven't been these, you know, mammoth experiences. Although, I, I've beaten, you know, um, I think Miles Morales I beat twice. Ratchet and Clank from 2016 I literally beat three times. I didn't count any of those games as multiple beats that those were just singular beats no matter how many times i beat them to get the platinum trophy all right i play i play by the the rules okay but, yeah i but, mean in that case i beat like dark souls like 40 times last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no ratchet and clank rift apart i think top to bottom is just an amazing experience um my biggest gripe or complaint coming away from what coming away from it is that it is relatively short like yeah. i got the platinum in probably 10 to 12 hours Um, and there was not a whole lot of grinding. Like I said, like I was planning on playing through the game in its entirety without following a guide, uh, for collectibles. And I pretty much did that until I was about 70%, 75% through the game. And I knew I was kind of getting to the end just based on the events that were going on in the story. And I just took a look at the trophy list and said like, okay, what am I missing? Because I don't necessarily want to get into a position where I beat it and then have to run through the game to get like one little collectible right or something like that well the the good thing is that at the very end you go back to this planet you go into this bar and you talk to this dude and he says like listen this is kind of the final stop if you want to go back into the game collect collectibles upgrade your weapons buy weapons whatever you want to do i do like that games do that like i know they did that in horizon basically like this next thing you're not going to be able to turn back this is the point you want to start this mission yeah I'm glad they do that. Yeah, so they did that, and at that point, I was like, okay, let's just clean things up a bit. And the only trophy that I still needed to get after getting everything else was I needed to purchase all weapons. Okay. And I thought, like, did I miss a weapon? Did something not unlock because I didn't do something? And basically what I had to do is beat the game, Yeah. start a new file, go back to the vendor lady, and once you have beaten the game, two new weapons unlock. Oh. And thankfully, they're super pricey. You literally pay one bolt and you unlock them. Wow. So pretty uneventful. It's just kind of, I think, a reward for beating the game. You unlock both of those weapons. The platinum trophy pops. Everyone's happy. But but yeah, my biggest complaint, a little short. But if that's the biggest complaint, and it wasn't like it was four hours, right? Like yeah. there's a lot, of do, lot to do. There's more to collect if I wanted to. Um, you know, I have challenge mode or new game plus if I want to run back through it, which I'll probably do before the end of the year, especially as we get into the game of the year conversations. But right now it's definitely a front runner for 2021 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've played another game this year that came out in 2021. Um, but of the games I've beaten this year, like the Pathless, like Tamarin, um, obviously Puss in Boots and those other jank games are not in any way competition for competing for game of the year or anything like that but um it's definitely top of the list story like i was saying last week it plays out like a pixar film i would say it's kind of a tie story-wise between um there's a little bit of toy story in there okay and there's also a little bit of iron giant baked in there 
one of my favorite movies. First movie I think I saw in theaters. So, dude, I love that movie. It's so good. I love the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> I love Vin Diesel, but yeah. anyways, Vin Diesel is he the Iron Giant? Yeah. Oh, and Jennifer Aniston's nice. the mom. I did know that one. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Garth. Yeah. <laughs> Hogarth. Hogarth. Oh yeah. What's his last name? Edwards. I don't know. It was on the gun, right? Could have been. I don't remember. Or was it just Hogarth on the gun that the creepy dude with laxatives? I'm not sure. Found? Find out next week, and I'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all I'll say about Ratchet and Clank. I don't think it did anything to like. Um, I don't want to say that. Because it was very impressive graphically, certainly. And then the loading between different dimensions was mind-bogglingly yes, cool. A thing that might be, I don't know if it's disappointing. I didn't feel like the, the variety of weapons was as unique as previous games to me. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. I just feel like a lot of them kind of just did the same thing or were generic like blaster guns or grenade launcher type things. Um, That's but, why resistance is still the best. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably swap between, like, three weapons most of the time, and then if I ran out of ammo, I would swap to something else just to kind of get through the mission or whatever. Okay. But. So, if length is your, so, to get the platinum was 12 hours, mm -hmm. but to beat the story, it was, what, 10? You could probably, I mean, again. Unless, if you're beelining it, I'm sure you can do it in, like, three. Yeah. But, like, at a normal pace, what was the time? Probably seven to eight hours. Okay, so then if that's short, what's your expectation for a platforming game? Or whatever this game is, genre-wise. Um, well, I would, com I would compare something like a Mario Odyssey and a Ratchet and Clank. They're, they're trying to do two very different things. Mm -hmm. Like, Mario Odyssey is very centered around collecting, right? Collect the moons, collect the stars, yeah. collect the coins. Well, Ratchet and Clank is just blow shit up. And it actually has more of a story tied to it, that you're progressing. Okay. Mario Odyssey and most Mario 3D platformers and other platformers like it focus more on the collecting aspect as opposed to we're here to tell you a Pixar-like yeah, story. Yeah, it's basically, hey, Peach is gone again for like the hundredth time. Yeah, and it's just generic and you kind of just run through it. Um, and I'm sure someone's going to come after me. I played like four or five hours. Okay. Um, I've seen it done in an hour. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people are going to come after me and say, no, Rusty, there was a heartfelt story in Mario Odyssey, <laughs> yeah. and you missed it, but... Um, there was. There was a wedding. It was it was very touching. I cried twice. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure you did. But, but yeah, no, Ratchet and Clank is lengthwise, I think it was just about right. I mean, it's not something I would have wanted to play for 20 hours, because... You can only do so much with Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. You go to a new planet, you blow a bunch of stuff up, you go on a rescue mission, you do something for a side character, you hop on a dragon and fly around a little bit. Like they can only mix up the formula for Ratchet and Clank so much. Yeah. Before One, it gets repetitive. Before it's just too repetitive. And so I think for me, it kind of was the perfect length. Like I really wouldn't have wanted any more. I wouldn't want it to have it I didn't want it to be any shorter because I was never bored. Yeah. But so would adding another planet be too much or no, I mean, just enough? Yeah, they could have added another planet or two. Wouldn't have been okay. a big deal. But um, anything beyond that, I think, would have just been too repetitive. Okay. So I think they they really um, hit it out of the park with this one. Nice. So well done, Insomniac. You are killing it. But the next game I played, I know my gentleman's challenge game is Shenmue. And I've not made any more progress in that. Most of the week was focused on Ratchet and Clank. 
hoping to get back to Shenmue this weekend, but a lot of people in our Discord have been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake with the recent Intergrade DLC that released. Also, we got the PS5 patch, so we got it running at 60 frames per second. So I was just like, I want to go back to Final Fantasy VII Remake. One of my biggest regrets last year was not playing that game to completion and seeing where it ranked among my 2020 beats. So I booted it back up, um, reinstalled it on my PS5, and I, of course, have the PS4 version, but you can go on the PSN store, upgrade to the PS5 version for free. Yeah, if you've already purchased it before. If you've already purchased it before. And then I tried to um, upload my save file. You okay? Yeah, I'm just itching my uh, back of my kneecap. Okay. What's up? Mind your um, business. <laughs> yeah, so I, I tried to um, upload my save file from my PS4 or whatever from the cloud. And whatever... From the cloud. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I couldn't do it. And so I'm just like, what the heck? Let's just restart. Lo and behold, my friends, if you start up the PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII when you upgrade for free... Your trophies aren't wiped from the PS4 playtime. Those are still there. But you get a clean slate for the PS5. More trophies. More trophies, less problems, people. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just unlocking trophies again, um, going through Final Fantasy VII Remake. The game just looks spectacular. Uh, Definitely runs a lot better. My biggest complaint uh, when playing it on PS4, and I know I'll get complaints for this, it did feel like... Character movement was just super heavy. I mean, I know you're carrying the the, the gargantuan cloud sword or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but it just felt like movement was kind of slow Okay. in the original version, and now it feels just super swift and seamless with the 60 frames per second nice. update. So I've been really enjoying it. I'm really only through chapter one. So last night, uh, the Mako reactor blew up. Um, I'm running away, just jumped into the sewers with Barrett and team, and I'll be playing more of that this weekend for sure. Did you ever play the original? No, we've talked about this a number of times. Um, I, In anticipation of Remake, I think it was last year when the pandemic kind of started, you and I both downloaded Final Fantasy VII. I can't remember how far you got. The original. Um, I got maybe five, six hours into it. Okay, did you ever get out of the city? Because I think that's where the, the remake ends, is you're getting out of... I think it starts with an R. I got close. Ragnarok. What's the name of the city? I don't know. Chronos Correction Corner. We need you. Yeah. But um, I knew it this week sometime when I was talking to David about it. But we're gonna mess up stuff today. We're just we're both tired. Yeah. We're, we're doing it. We're here. Um. But yeah, no Final Fantasy VII remake. It's just so good, dude. Yeah. It's so no. It good. looks beautiful. I cl- I love Cloud, and his spiky hair, mm-hmm. and his like three hundred metal blade <laughs> like that thing is well there was um he has that sword on his back too he, what hmm? yeah <laughs> that would be even harder to carry around no they um man of man at steel well there's like this forging show on youtube where they basically make the swords from different video games hmm. and they made the buster blade oh yeah and it I think they got, like, World's Strongest Man to, like, try to pick it up and wheel it. But, like, it's ridiculously heavy. Because all the, you, you have a tiny little handle, and then all the weight's in the back end of it, so it's not balanced at all. Dude, your wrist would break. Yeah, so hard. Like, 
Yeah. I love how effortless Cloud makes it look, though. He that just... or, like, Mjolnir. Mjolnir would be so heavy. Like, if it's just pure, like, mass. Chris Evans made it look pretty easy. Yeah, because it's hollow, and he's a god. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'll take a smaller blade than that. Me too. But yeah, so the other game that I uh, I started last week but haven't played more of is Octopath Traveler. Yeah. On the Switch. My plan is to kind of table that right now. I'm going to focus on Final Fantasy VII Remake and Shenmue for the next um, month and a half. And then when we go out to uh, Colorado, I'll pick Octopath back up. That's a great traveling game. Yeah, I'll pick that up as well. I want to actually beat the game because I've never actually beaten it. Oh, I'm on the final boss of Ulbrich's quest. Also, you put a B in there? I don't know why. It's Ulrich. Is it Ulbrich? Ulbrich's from Dark. It's the German dad. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah, Ulrich. I'm at his final boss, and I'm just getting destroyed. Reminds me of uh, A Knight's Tale. Ulrich von Lichtenstein. That too. What yeah. a great movie that is. A Knight's Oh, yeah. Heath Ledger, man. Yeah, I was like, Knight's Tale, is that one of the animated ones? Because I think there's one with a similar name. Mm. Yeah, I might have to watch A Knight's Tale today. That's a great film. That would be a good background. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Yeah, nice. anyways, that's really all I've been playing this week. I'll be making more progress in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think the first time I played it last year, I made it to Chapter 6, 7-ish. Maybe a little bit further than that, but I think it's best that I kind of restarted my playthrough because, one, it's a great time to go through some of those earlier chapters again. And I don't really remember what was going on story-wise, so it makes the most sense. Plus, come on, man. You can't beat reacquiring trophies in Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's the only reason we play games. Trophies. That's it? Yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah. So, more impressions on that next week. Nice. All right, Ryan, what do you say we get into the thick 
of some E3 goodness. Yeah, I'm down for the thick. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, a lot to get through here. Um, You know, we'll kind of go by day, each of the different conferences, so on and so forth. Letter grades to these conferences, our favorite games. We'll get to all of it. But what I want from you first, Ryan, is just to hear your overall impressions. Beginning to end, I know we didn't have an E3 last year, so we had maybe uh, too high of expectations going into this E3, but what did you think overall, before you talk about any specific game? Did it did it kind of meet your expectations? Yeah, I mean, it's infinitely better than last year. Because <laughs> it happened. Yeah, so starting out strong. Um, I had zero expectations. Um, my, really, my only want was Elden Ring, and I got that day one. So, um, But overall, I mean, there were ups and downs. There were only three conferences that really mattered or really presented anything of substance. Um, you have the intro, which, I mean, Elden Ring broke the internet for a day. Um, and then, really, Xbox and Nintendo, everything else was a letdown, uh, but pretty much across the board. So, yeah. I think, overall, I was happy just to have anything. Yeah. Any announcements for any system or release dates, gameplay, anything makes me happy. But when it comes to quality, it, it was very special. Hit or miss. Yeah, very hit or miss. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think, you know, overall, it was entertaining. And yeah. that's that's really all I could ask for is, you know, hopping in our Discord, which again, if you're not there, please click the link in the show notes because we have a specific channel where we react in real time to any of these kinds of conferences, whether it's E3, PlayStation State of Plays, Nintendo Directs, Xbox Showcases, whatever it might be, we kind of just chat in real time as we're watching it. I love watching streamers react to these things but you know when you have 300 plus people in a chat sometimes it's tough to have conversations with people and that's kind of what we did in our discord this week and it was just a lot of fun to kind of tune into each of those different conferences even when we saw stuff like square enix which was laughably bad in many cases it's almost as bad as the one that was just literally one game for like 20 minutes i don't even remember what the game was i just remember it sucked that was square enix yeah. No, I think it was like Capcom or something. Well, both of them had like a gameplay demo for 20 minutes. But, you know, we'll get into all of that. So there were some very high highs and some very low lows. <laughs> yeah. I, You know, like you were saying, you can't really go into E3 anymore, in my opinion, with high expectations, just because I feel like it's been like a dying breed for years. Like the hype surrounding it, the announcements that we have. The I wish games, it wasn't, though, because the, it's a ton of fun. No, it is. But, I mean, I, I just think that like in the past years, like it continues to underwhelm year over year. Yeah. And so for this year, it was more just like anything they show is good after the year that was 2020. And so I think for that, you know, it was entertaining, but I I don't think there was any single like, oh my goodness moment outside of Elden Ring. I I think there might've been maybe one for Nintendo that really like tickled my jimmies. Mm -hmm. But besides, I think Elden Ring definitely is probably my top. Like, holy shit, I'm happy. Yeah, I just... I mean, I ranted about it for, like, 45 minutes last episode, so, yeah, it's... I'm a little happy about that one. Yeah, well, as you should be. You know, I just didn't think there was, you know, like, a new Bioshock reveal, or, you know, when Final Fantasy VII Remake was revealed, Keanu Reeves being in Cyberpunk 2077, and then coming on stage, you know, that you're breathtaking. There were no moments like that, but how could we ever really expect that after a year of the pandemic, all of these developers having the pressures of working from home, you kind of have to uh, see it through that lens, I think. Yeah, I mean, 
for our predictions, at least, I mean, we went kind of here's best case scenario, like out of left field, holy shit kind of stuff. But I mean, we kind of knew that most of that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, so we hyped ourselves up, but then also kind of nothing is going to be shown that we mentioned and then anything that was we were happy about. So yeah, I, I that's didn't, at least my approach. Not many of my predictions came true. I think maybe one of them so yeah i wish we would have seen harry potter i think out of my predictions that would have been the one i was most hyped about besides Uh, elden ring yeah well i mean it's coming in 2022 so it makes sense that we didn't see any of it but let's jump right in ryan let's just start with summer games fest i only had three major takeaways from that i know we already talked about it on last week's episode and i know you have some updates for elden ring i mean overall i think beginning to end it was entertaining you can't help but be entertained by jeff Keeley. he just has such a great personality and he just brings a lot of energy to those conferences when he hosts them the game awards being no different i gave this you know a c you know i could be bumped up to like a b or something like that but when Death Stranding Director's Cut, that really campy, fun trailer that you know Kojima put together, that was great. Tales of Arise looks really fun. And then, of course, being the highlight, Elden Ring. I think that was the biggest announcement across the board at E3. Whether you're a FromSoft fan or not, most people believed at this point that game to just not even exist. Yeah, or it was it was a tease and then it was going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me... I probably, I mean, it was two hours, so it was, I didn't even put this on my notes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for two hours, I would probably give it a a C, C plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very up and down as well, but most of it was games I didn't really care about yeah. or I wouldn't plan on getting. Um, Elden Ring brings it up for me, but I think... Elden Ring in general is would be like an S tier, <laughs> but but besides, I mean, it's brought down by every all the other fluff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. As far I had two quick updates. I know there there's more than that. I just didn't write them down. Um. So I'll as they trickle in, I'll update everyone. But I think last time I mentioned summons. Like so, yeah, I had that bird or those blue guys might be summons, but. I think it was confirmed that there is a summoning system. So you're able to have a little companion go around with you. Nice. Whether it's like that bird. um, I think those little pot creatures, you can actually capture them. Mm. Like, I don't know if it's like Pokemon-esque, but you can actually have a summon that follows you around. I like that. So like you have a companion as you explore the little world. So I might have that little pot guy running around with me. Mm -hmm. And then the second one was I talked about the uh, combat arts. That like flippy sword thing um, that looked like the old wolf's great sword. It was confirmed that that weapon art is not specifically tied to that weapon. So it's more the Sekiro route where potentially it's at L plus L plus R one, L one plus R one, where you can do that art with multiple multiple weapons. Mm. So there might also be more weapon arts besides just that one. So for people that have no idea what any of that means, is that good news? Any news is good news. Okay. <laughs> um, the the I think the only bad news was I think they confirmed that multiplayer in the open world you can't use your horses for multiplayer. Mm. I think it's tied to just foot. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> that was my voice crack as I was like <laughs> reacting to what you were saying. Okay. It's early. yeah. All news is good news, but good. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, good stuff. Uh, I hope we make that January release date. That'll be a heck of a way to kick off 2022 for sure. But Ryan, the next conference I have any notes related to are Microsoft Bethesda. So what happened on Saturday? Uh, I think that's June 12th, right? Uh, there was Ubisoft, which I gave an F. <laughs> they, it was not good. It was, I think, most of it was copyright music, so none of the streamers could actually play any of the things. That was bad across the board. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I was watching Yang Ye for that one. The problem with Yang Ye was he had a delay that was pretty significant compared to Pete's. Mm. So anything in re- the chat, I couldn't react to at the same speed. Oh, okay. So I had to switch over to Pete. God forbid. My gosh. Uh, the worst decision. But like, what they showed was a guitar teaching game. Uh, a oh, game- Rocksmith? Yeah. Yeah, they showed that. Interesting. And then there was like a Just Dance game. There was some zombie game, but some like their new IP is like a zombie shooter. There's so many of those Sounds games. Sounds thrilling. Yeah, who cares? And then um, the last one was a Far Cry. Oh, trailer. just more Far Cry 6 stuff? Yeah, it was a trailer, I think, at the bottom of a boat. It doesn't look next-gen, though. That's the thing that's uh, kind of... It's just the people don't look next-gen to me. That's okay to me. I mean, I... Heck, I'll throw Far Cry 3 in the I mean, piece. I'm definitely going to get it. It's just I wish it would have looked more next-gen. And they still have time before it comes out, right? When does it come out? <laughs> I think it's October 12th or something like that. Um, okay, so they have less time than I thought, but... Hopefully they improve the. Yeah, I, I think the best facial. I don't know. Horizon did a really good job on the faces. They looked real. For the second game. For the first game. The oh. first game looked really real. I mean, the most photorealistic motion cap, you know, motion capture faces that I've seen in a video game to this point is probably The Last of Us Part Two. That or Detroit. Mm. Fall of Man is that the the Detroit like. AI where you can pick your path. Become human. Yeah, become human. You were like, your resistance was on the mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about resistance off off screen, off mic. You all right, dude? Dude, I'm I'm falling apart at the seams. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole getting up early and I'm just out of my element. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, Ubisoft, F. All right. You didn't even attend, so I'm assuming (laughs) an F. (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things that, like, if there's a headline about a new Assassin's Creed, Just Dance is back, baby, Bruno Mars. I think there was an Assassin's Creed DLC or whatever, but. Cool. cool. I'm so excited to play that game for 80 hours (laughs) instead of 60. Uh, I have no interest. Yeah. um, Was there anything more on Saturday of note? Nope, not really. I I kind of just pulled out of the schedule the main hitters, and that was pretty much... I want to say there was some, like, online thing Sunday, but no, not really. The next big one is Xbox. Okay. Well, before we get into it, um, into the actual games, kind of similar to just E3 overall, what were your kind of impressions for for Microsoft beginning to end? (laughs) I mean, I think it's really good for Xbox people. Mm -hmm. Um, They're getting, I mean, was there like 32 games announced or something like that with 27 of them being on Game Pass? I think 30 games is what Phil Spencer said and 27 of them were were on Game Pass, yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's continuing to add value to Game Pass. Um, A lot of new releases, uh, end of this year i mean trickling out through the end of this year which was 
really, I think our biggest critique was there wasn't a lot of games or new games coming to Xbox within the first year of its launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's there wasn't a lot of games within the first six to eight months, um, but the second half they're going to be getting new games. Mm-hmm. I mean, a fucking shit ton of games on Game Pass, and a lot of those games were exclusive to Xbox, which is great. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, you're, we're not seeing any, at least in the near future, big AAA games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I think of Xbox, I think of like a duopoly, which is just two main IPs that really pull the brand. I'm obviously wrong because there's a ton of other IPs that I don't really associate with Xbox, but um, it, that's Gears of War and Halo. And I'd throw Forza Horizon in there too. Okay. Or just the Forza series in general. Is yeah. that the the racing game that's kind of their yeah. third yeah. Uh, triopoly then, I guess? When I think of PlayStation, I think of an oligopoly. They have... Love a, this history lesson right now. It's monetary systems. Yeah, but... Yeah, they have more spread out or, I guess, a larger pool of AAA titles that, I mean, was recently expanded with Horizon being their new kind of risk for AAA um, kind of juggernauts. Um, Spider-Man, also a newer IP. Um, But I'm hoping that Starfield... I mean, Starfield's coming end of next year. I Hopefully that's a new IP that's going to grow or bolster the brand of Xbox... Um, I, I, as far as that, I think that's the only game that I really saw that was AAA tied to Xbox. They showed Battlefield, uh, 2042, which is another big game, but that's across all platforms. So I can't really tie that exclusively to them. They showed Halo, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked more stylized. I don't know if you noticed that it looked more of like an apex, um, more cell shaded than what I would expect from like the photorealisticness of five. Yeah, I got a little bit a little bit of that too. I mean, just overall for me, you know, I think Xbox has come a tremendous length from where they used to be. And I think, you know, my hat goes off to Phil Spencer and everyone on Team Xbox, as you know, Phil Spencer typically says, because They've really, you know, dug themselves out of the hole that whoever was the previous, you know, head of Xbox dug them into really kind of around the 2011 2010 time frame but you know you look back at the just absolute embarrassment of E3 2003 with the dogs Call of Duty TV 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 sports sports Call of Duty to a very forgettable console generation in the Xbox 1 I mean I don't think anyone can look back at the Xbox 1 and say there were any kind of generation defining games like there were I can't even throw the Wii U in there either but the Switch, and certainly the PlayStation 4 games that released on those systems that were pretty generation-defining, I would say. Bloodborne being a big one, God of War, Forza Forza Horizon. um, Spider-Man. Horizon Zero Dawn, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. You look at that pool of games, there was nothing in the Xbox library that could even come close to that, right? And when Phil Spencer took over on... uh, took over for head of xbox in 2014 it's taken some time but in the past seven years they've been consistent with their vision and their vision is finally a reality with game pass convenience and accessibility to their player base this conference for me 
finally was a promise, was less of a promise of what's to come and more of a here are the games you can play now. And by the way, we have a lot more in the in the near and long term. I would mirror play uh, Nintendo and Xbox's conference conferences quite a bit for me because what in the quality? Stay with me. Okay. So with Xbox. I'm still not seeing the big games as you were getting at yeah. the fables, the perfect darks, the avowed's, the elders, the next elder scrolls game, even starfield. We have no idea what that game is outside of some script notes and maybe an interview from Todd Howard saying it's the biggest thing ever. It's bigger than anything we've ever done. It's fallout in space, so on and so forth. We got an in engine two to three minute trailer. We got an 11, 22, 22 release date. But outside of that, we still don't really know what that game is. And, and the the other question on that is, it, well, it's an alpha uh, vision of the game, which makes sense. It's a year and a half out. But they also said Creation Engine 2. Mm. And my only wish, or uh, besides the Harry Potter game, was a new engine for Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a new bastardization of the old engine, like they did for, I think, Fallout 76, maybe. Um, or this is a completely reworked, ground-up new engine. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I'm super pumped for that. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my kind of comparison to Nintendo is that a lot of people coming away from Nintendo's conference were like, where is Bayonetta 3? Where is Metroid Prime 4? Where is Breath of the Wild 2? Is the, Sp- is the Switch Pro even a thing? A yeah. lot of people are talking about, you know, Breath of the Wild probably slipping into 2023, and that's the big caliber Nintendo stuff. But in the next six months, we've got a new Mario Party. We've got the Monkey Ball Collection. We've got Advance Wars. We've got all these things that we're going to get here, get here to shortly. But Xbox, I find similar, is like you have some indie games, you've got Psychonauts 2, you've got Age of Empires, you've got another Forza Horizon game, which was the most photorealistic game I may have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was beautiful. You've got Halo maybe coming at the end of this year, but seeing those flagship games that um, are going to define Xbox into this next generation, we don't have those yet. That year over year, we've been saying, this is going to be Xbox's year. This is going to be Xbox's year. They're going to come to the plate. And year over year, it's like the fucking Cleveland Browns. It's like, this is the year they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And it's like... <laughs> we made it into the playoffs this year, though. And they so beat we're the making progress. They just beat like the Xbox. Steelers first game, you know. Yeah. Give, them some cro- give them some props. But yeah, year over year, it's like we convince ourselves that this is going to be the year. And then we're always disappointed. This year, they came to the plate. They knocked it, I wouldn't say out of the park, but they certainly hit a home run with this conference. Yeah, I, I mean, overall rating, I gave them an A. Me too. Uh, I mean, they came with a shit ton of games, some really interesting ones that I was interested in that I guess I'm not willing right now to pay $500 or $400 for a system, but it's definitely increasing the value. Um I think Pete was describing it as I'm willing to try that for a lot of the games. Yes. And I think Game Pass is really good at allowing you to not fully invest 60 bucks or 70 bucks into a game um for place like i'm playstation is good for me because i know what i'll enjoy and i know if i'm gonna invest in a horizon or a bloodborne i'm gonna enjoy the shit out of that game i want to be able to pull it off my shelf with a physical copy whenever i want um but that's because I don't have a ton of time to play like big games or all these random games or unlimited funds to buy them. 
Um, but for Xbox people or people who enjoy that kind of Netflix model, yeah, this this conference I think would be an S tier mm-hmm. for probably an Xbox fan. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, I'm with you. I I ranked it as an A. There is so much here that I want to play. I want to play Psychonauts. I never played the first one, but the second game looks just like super goofy fun. I mean, if Tim Burton ever directed a game, this would be it. I know Tim Schafer did, and he's just a goofball. So that looks like a lot of fun. There were a lot of um, indie games like Somerville, uh, yeah, Somerville was one of the ones that really piqued my interest. That's like the family running in a post-apocalyptic or aliens or something. Yeah, so a it's very a, interesting shading and contrast. It just looks beautiful. Yeah, so this is a debut title by an indie studio called Jump Ship. So the co-founder of the studio, I think his name's Dino Patty. He previously worked on Limbo and Inside. Okay, never heard of it. Limbo was like a, 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 a late 2000s indie game that was really kind of in the same pool of your braids, your fez, your super meat boys of really kind of defining that indie space. Oh, okay. In those early 2000s or late 2000s, I should say. Um, I, I, did we describe before we started ranking stuff, our ranking system? We're going from F to S. F to S tier. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I didn't say, you know, I guess I'll just kind of just explain why I don't think Xbox was an S tier for me personally. And this is all subjective in nature, right? Like you got to, you, you really hit the no, nail on the is, head there. This is objective. objective. This is what reality is. We define reality exactly. here on the Otaku Brothers podcast. <laughs> We're coding the matrix right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Call it's... Call me Morpheus. It's, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all subjective in nature. And I think a lot of people look at the Xbox thing and probably said it was S tier. But, you know... Stuff like Flight Simulator and Forza Horizon and some of these other games, they look fun. But going back to Pete's point, I think the reoccurring theme is, oh, I'll try that on Game Pass. Yeah, and I I think if that's what you enjoy to do, that's great. I don't know if I would... Similar to like Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap is something I think I would try. On Game Pass. yeah, Yeah, on Game Pass, for sure. It's not... I would never sit down and binge fucking Pokemon Snap like I would binge a Persona or Dark Souls. It's I would sit down, do one tour, take a couple pictures, and then I, I'd be fine to never touch that game again. Me, dude, that's where I'm at. I played it for like an hour, and it's like, yep, I got my fill. Do I need to get every like the four stars for every Pokemon in every position ever? No, and I think Flight Simulator, Flight Simulator, I could do one or two flights. Um, and then be happy with my experience and never touch again. And I, I think for Game Pass, that, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. And I, think I, I think like Sea of Thieves, though, I would buy the shit out of that game. Me too. And I would want to own that game because I know we would start our own like pirate company and own the seas. And that would be a game I could put 100 plus hours into. Easy. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Series X. Like I'm definitely going to get one this fall. Um, I already have a little library of like six to seven Xbox One games, but that's it for me. This conference finally pushed me over the edge of Game Pass. There's no denying it anymore. Not only is it the best value in the games industry right now, it finally has offerings that like I'm I'm excited to pay ten to fifteen dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna subscribe for a whole year probably because there's gonna be months there's gonna be lull months where I just I'm playing my PlayStation stuff yeah. or I'm playing my Nintendo stuff and. I don't want to pay $15 for months that I'm not leveraging or using the service because I've done that for Netflix for literally years, right? Yeah. And 
I, I'm just not going to do I'm that. I'm paying for it. <laughs> you are. But what I'm excited about is that, you know, I made a promise to myself and to my wife that, you know, I'm not going to get any more shelving units in the game room because it's already well kept. It, it doesn't feel claustrophobic. But anything more from a shelving unit perspective is going to start to look a little too. Yeah, I, it's. I don't know if less and less is more is the. I mean, you have a shit ton of games, so it's not, it's definitely not less. But you can definitely go overboard with the amount of, say, memorabilia, collectibles. I, I think what you have now, being able to limit yourself to, if I'm never going to play this game again, I can sell it for money to buy a TV and like that approach. And I do, I think it's pretty pristine. Yeah, and I, and I have things that I want to, you know, hang up on the walls and stuff still, but from the actual game shelf perspective behind me, yeah, I like where it's at. I've already had to readjust some things and move things around and, and find additional places to put games. But what I love about the Series X, and you already hit on it, is there's going to be games where I want the physical copy. I'm looking at Halo Infinite. I'm looking at Fable. I'm looking at Sea of Thieves, Perfect yep. Dark, Everwild when it comes out, things like that. But in terms of like Psychonauts, and, you know, um, Age of Empires, Forza Horizon, you know, Grounded, if I try that game, Plague Tale Re- Requiem, I, I don't I don't need to own a physical copy for that, but I will definitely play the hell out of those games on Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I bought the, I'm, this is for the Switch, I bought Hades, the digital copy, but that's a game that, one, it's an indie developer who did amazing work and I also wanted the physical copy so I bought it again like there's certain games that I would want and I think we I'd have a very similar lineup to what you mentioned I think I'd also probably add probably replaced to that I feel like that cover art's going to be amazing I'm 100% with you. I doubt something like that is going to get a physical release from the company unless something like I Am 8-Bit or Limited Run. Well, we didn't Run. think Hades was going to get a physical release, and then they came to the table and said, hey, it's coming out in a couple of Well, that's my months. point. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. It's just the chances of it happening aren't like, of course, Far Cry 6 is getting a physical release. Yeah. It's Far Cry, you know. Uh, I hope it does too, though, because that would be a baller-ass cover. Yeah, it's like... 2D John Wick badassery. It's got some like uncharted, like climbing through signs and through built. It just, I think that was one of the games I was most hyped about. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I th- just Outer Worlds 2, we have to mention, oh my had gosh. the best trailer. So good because it just runs through kind of what we kind of expect for these AAA games, like the camera angles, the lens flare, the like sexy voice. And then it's just like, yeah, all we have is, like, a title. <laughs> I was just like, I don't even give a shit that it's just a title. This is, a, like, by like Elden Ring's great, but, like, this was amazing. Yeah, no, I loved it, too. I mean, it sounded like Liam Neeson was narrating, and, you know, he was like, now we go over a landscape with lens flares. Now, guys in superhero suits running and shooting guns for no particular reason. Yeah. Now we, we see zoom a in. Ma- we see a main character from only the silhouette because we haven't finalized the character model. It's like, yeah, yeah cool. And it was funny because you and I, when we were talking about Xbox and we were talking about Halo and, you know, how do they course correct from last year's reveal of the story and all that kind of stuff and not looking great. And we kind of just said, hey, just own the meme, right? Don't worry about it. Just admit to the people that you screwed up and just own it and move on. And th- if Halo would have done something like this, that would have been amazing. It would have just like 
had really janky looking brutes walk across the screen and be like, this is what Halo was, and this is what Halo is now. And then just show their new facial model of it, like the scroll from old computerized to new computerized. Um, Yeah, that would have been awesome. That's the approach I wanted. We didn't get that. We got multiplayer and a more clothed Cartana too. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so I mean, just kind of going on the list, here are the games that I highlighted. I highlighted Stalker 2, kind of looks like a horror first-person shooter, yeah. a little bit similar to um, the, the Fear games back in the Xbox yeah, 360 days. this is like days. Chernobyl kind of thing, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so this is coming out April 28th, 2022. That's a day one game for me. I'm a little removed from the first-person genre nowadays, unless it is like a Bioshock or Wolfenstein or something like Stalker 2. This almost looked like it had some elements of elemental weapons like mm-hmm. that you would get in a Bioshock. Maybe not with the, let's inject yourself with electricity, but it, one of your guns had electricity on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, th- really, anything Chernobyl, I'm down for. This is the kind of stuff that excites me from a first-person shooter perspective. So I'm definitely excited for that. Back for Blood coming to Game Pass October 12th. This is kind of the successor series to the Left 4 Dead games back on the Xbox 360. This is just a great game to squad up with four people, kill some zombies. We got PvP when you can play with the zombies. This is just a perfect spooky season game to play with your friends. Yeah. So that'll be really fun to come on Game Pass. Sea of Thieves, love the crossover trailer with Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, no, I it's about time. I, I'm surprised they haven't done it sooner. Yeah. Battlefield, I think the multiplayer looks amazing. I think yeah. the last military-type shooter that I played online consistently was probably the first Black Ops or maybe World at War Call of Duty. Like, it's been forever. And 128 players online, gargantuan maps. That just sounds like a good time. Yeah, I think the last one I played was Destiny 1. Okay. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of Battlefield in college, but not a ton. Uh, But yeah, I'm really excited for this one. It looks amazing. Yeah, I'm Uh, really pumped for that. Psychonauts, again, this is a game very much like Pete was saying. I'll try it on Game Pass. Not something I'd probably pay $60, $70 for, although it is coming to PlayStation 4. So if I try it on Game Pass and I like it, I want my trophies and my platformers, so I might, you know, <laughs> pick it up on PlayStation 4, see what's going down there. That just looks like fun, and again, not having kind of a flagship platforming series for Xbox does disappoint me, but this definitely kind of gives me that the scratch of that itch, and, you know, maybe Banjo-Kazooie does come back in the future. Yeah. Who knows? But Psychonauts, look, did you like, what do you think of Psychonauts? Uh, I have no attachment to the series. I never played any of them. I, I didn't even have that on my list. Um I don't think I'd play that one. I think one that I'd play on Game Pass was 12 Minutes. Oh. It's that top-down apartment, solve mystery kind of thing. It looked interesting. I don't know how long that game would be. Probably 12 Minutes. Probably 12 Minutes, yeah. That's, well, that's not worth 60 bucks. It's <laughs> a really expensive minutes. Hell of a Game Pass value, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that would be fun on Game Pass. Um, they had some Fallout stuff, which no one cares about for 76 um, as you mentioned earlier, I think the Somerville was awesome. Um, and then the next was probably Replaced, which I talked about a little bit earlier. Mm. And then Euden Chronicle. Yeah, so this is an RPG that looks a little bit like Octopath, funded on Kickstarter, and it's from the original creators of the Suikoden series on the PS1. Okay. Yeah, no, this looked really interesting. Really anything Octopath style. Suikoden, Gaiden, Gaiden. 
I don't know how you pronounce that word, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this one looked really interesting. It, it was... Uh, you were fighting... Uh, in the trailer, you were fighting a monster on a bridge. And usually, like, in Octopath, you'd expect all of your party members would come to the battle. And, like, you, you'd have your four party members go up to the monster and fight turn base. But in this one, you had, like, a dude archer in the background who was shooting arrows at the dude on the bridge as one or so two characters went up to it and physically fought it in person. It looks like a unique take on kind of the Octopath formula. Yeah, no, that, uh, that looks like a lot of fun. And yeah. what I know the dates were a little bit far out. I think it was 2022 and 2023. There's two separate games there for that. Um, so we've got a while to wait. But, I mean, I think it was just funded on Kickstarter like a year ago. So yeah. it makes sense that, you know, that game's got some time for development. But, yeah, that game looks really fun. I haven't played an RTS game in years. I think the last one that I went really hard on was Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth 2 on the Xbox 360. This isn't Battle for Middle-Earth 3, but man, Age of Empires coming October 28th this fall on Game Pass. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like those games would stress me out. Why? Because I have issues. (laughs) (laughs) And... I'm admitting it here. I have to be like most efficient at things when, like, when it comes to resources, and I think that would stress me out managing those. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, we can. Uh, I, I'll watch you play. How about that? You should check out Empire Earth on PC. Get it on GOG. Good old games. Well, I, I had a ton of fun with the Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth too. Mm-hmm. It's janky as hell nowadays, but I love that game. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so I think that looks great. Like you said, the Outer Worlds 2 trailer was the best trailer of the show. Flight Simulator, like you said, that's not a game I'm paying 70 bucks for, but my gosh, will I take a flight to Africa and see all the wildlife on Game Pass? Yeah, the environments are beautiful. Oh I wonder gosh. how many environments they'd have to render it in that much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it'd be... They have to have more than five. Like, I'm hoping it's not like, let's take five flights and that's a $60 title. No, that game, I'm sure... I'm sure there's going to be DLCs and all that jazz. 100%. Yeah, Yeah, that looks great. I mean, that and Horizon just are beautiful. I think the most beautiful games that we saw all conference. Yeah, Forza Horizon 5. I never played any of the Forza Horizon games, but I always wanted to on 360 because I'm not much of a like a simulation racer like the Gran Turismo games never really did anything for me I really enjoyed 3 and 4 on PS2 with my friends but outside of that like it was never a series like Mario Kart certainly Diddy Kong Racing and other kart racers that I got excited for um but when Forza Horizon came out and it, they made it a bit more arcadey, yeah, that was really enticing to me. And Forza Horizon Five seems to kind of carry that forward even more. So the environments were breathtaking. Looks like you can squad up with your friends in this too. And the last racing game that I got into outside of Mario Kart and other kart races, racers, was probably like Need for Speed Underground Two or Midnight Club Three Dub Edition on PS2. So. I am so excited to play this game. November 9th, Game Pass. Let's go. Yeah, I think the last racing game I really played was Need for Speed Burnout, which was like co-op wise. That's the one where you could crash people and then you could like crash a car and see how much money you'd wreak havoc on. I think you're referring to Burnout Paradise on the Xbox 360 or PS3. Maybe. Yeah. And then I think, wasn't there like a Paradise, just Paradise, Paradise Island or something like that? I think Paradise City was a song by Guns N' Roses. 
maybe I played Guns N' Roses, <laughs> the game, <laughs> in paradise. I don't know. I, I played a Need for Speed in my past. I think you're, get, you're getting your wires crossed, Ryan, but it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this one's beautiful. I love the, like, fake banter. When they try to script, like, oh, you take this right alley, and I'll hit these balloon pinatas. It was like, oh, yeah, that was weird. It was almost like a Fast and Furious type thing. Yeah, creating fake banter in these trailers is always kind of an awkward, funny moment. Because usually it's like, hey, you fucking idiot, go to the right. I'm getting these balloons. It reminded me of... um, It's less cordial. Almost like a gameplay or a, uh, a gameplay demo for, like, an Uncharted level. Yeah, kind of. Driving through the forest. But. Yeah, no, I mean, it's beautiful. I'll, if I get Game Pass, yes. And an Xbox, I guess, I would definitely play this one. Yeah. And then they ended it. Um, you know, there were other things in there. We got Diablo 2 coming uh, September 23rd this this fall. That looks great. Uh, there were a couple other weirdo games that I'm not going to go into. But Arcane Studios had an open world shooter trailer at the end. Redfall, Summer 22, Xbox exclusive, Game Pass Day 1. This looks like another kind of squad-based shooter similar to Back for Blood, um, but gameplay-wise, it, it I think it's going to be different. Again, this was all kind of just this cartoony CGI-type trailer thing yeah. where there was no actual gameplay, but it looked like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know if this would be like similar to like a an Apex. Like one squad, one team would be vampires, and the other team would be vampire hunters, killers. I think it's more. Or- open world mission based oh is it yeah i don't i think it's less competitive in nature and and, okay. and more kind of yeah you couldn't really tell from it yeah um but yeah we'll see yeah so yeah overall i mean i think xbox really had an impressive showing i mean i i don't want to understate that like certainly there are things that they didn't show that i really wanted to see like Everwild, perfect dark fable but i also know that those games are really far off however Ryan and I have been saying it for probably the better part of two years now. Xbox, Microsoft, where is the gameplay? Where are the games? We finally got an answer to that, and there is a great lineup of stuff coming in the next six months and beyond. Yeah, I, I think they definitely answered our critiques yeah. of their previous failures at other, uh, I mean, within the last like year. Yeah. Um, previous conferences. Yeah, so... Hats off to you, Xbox. You did a great job. Yeah. But let's keep moving along, Ryan. I think shortly after Microsoft's conference, about an hour and a half afterwards, we got Square Enix. Yes, this we did get that. This <laughs> was interesting to say the very least. I really only think there's three things to go over. Uh, they kicked things off with... Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, where you play as Peter Quill. It's coming October 26th this fall. It was kind of one of those things where the trailer was like, oh, this is fun. This looks like a good time and looks to, to kind of borrow some of the Avengers type gameplay, beat em up, action brawler type thing. Or that was, kind of like the Mass Effect, you can control some of your teammates' moves or actions. Yeah, which was cool, kind of command them to do whatever. And then the trailer kind of just kept going. Dude, and it went going. on for so long. Like, at some less is more, people. Like, you, leave stuff up to the imagination. Well, I think the problem was Square Enix just didn't have anything to show, so Guardians had to fill all of that time. 
Yeah, I mean, they literally flashed up, hey, we're remastering in pixel form, like, six Final Fantasies for, like, two seconds, and then it was off screen. It was, I, like, blinked and missed it almost. And all of them are just coming to mobile and, I think, Steam. It's, like, really? You can't get these games to that come to console? That would easily go on Switch. Yeah, even if it doesn't come to PlayStation and Xbox, you can't at least get those games to come to Switch? Yeah. It's very bizarre, very underwhelming. A heaping ton of other random mobile stuff. We did get some Avengers expansion stuff. With I do Black want, Panther. I do want to play the Black Panther thing. That looks yeah, awesome. That looks cool. Um, and then I really, the last thing that has become became a meme is chaos. Absolute chaos. Yes. Chaos. It's, I rewatched that. So I rewatched basically all of these conferences last night to try to figure out what I cared about. And holy shit, did like I didn't pick up on it. I was like, okay, they said chaos a couple times, but wow. Like, within the first 30 seconds, they say it at least, like, seven or eight times. I think the whole trailer was eight, but it was one of those things where the trailer kind of zooms in on this guy's face, and it's just like, I'm here to kill chaos. And then it almost became like you're watching this two-minute trailer or whatever, and it just felt like I was watching the Simpsons episode where it was just like, Lisa needs braces, dental plan, Lisa needs braces, dental plan, like, where it just kept, like, getting ingrained in your mind, and you couldn't think about anything else but chaos. Yeah, this world's in chaos. There's a guy named Chaos. We need to kill Chaos. Should we kill Chaos? We should kill Chaos. You up for killing Chaos? I'm up for killing Chaos. <laughs> chaos, Chaos, Chaos. <laughs> the gameplay kind of reminded... I mean, I think it's supposed to be kind of like a Final Fantasy Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. It really reminded me of that one anime uh, Dark Souls game you played. Oh, Code Vein. Yes. It, it kind of like reminded that. me of that. Yeah. Um I mean, to be perfectly honest... It looked interesting. It did look fun. It did look like a lot of fun. I don't care how janky it is. I know they released a gameplay demo, and it was completely broken day one. Good. Um, I don't think a lot of people have had fun with it. I know Happy Console Gamer Johnny Millennium was really uh, underwhelmed and disappointed with not only the trailer, but he did play the gameplay demo, said it was super forgettable. He's not going to play it. The game is called Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, it's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PC, Xbox in 2022. I will undoubtedly buy this game. Oh, for sure. Maybe not day one. Uh, maybe like 30 bucks half off, kind of. Yeah, probably around there. But I will definitely probably get this. Um, yeah, I, I, any Dark Souls like, those are fun. I sucked at Neo, so maybe I'm better at this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm here for it. I think it created... E3 is nothing without a couple meme moments, right? Super cringy, everyone laughs, and the internet was just having the time of their lives talking about chaos on Twitter. Like, even Square Enix themselves were tweeting about it. It created a whole litany of memes and GIFs and things of that nature that were just hilarious. And again, E3 is not E3 without moments like this. No, I really like that. I think the only other one before this in the conference... There was some cringe with uh, what's-his-face from Jurassic Park. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little cringy. I thought it was fun. Guy's 68 years old. He looks like a boss. He's a sexy man he back is. in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. But moving on, what did you rate uh, Square? I gave him a D because I thought Guardians of the Galaxy is something I'll play. I'm going to get that Avengers expansion pack stuff, or play it at least. And Stranger of Paradise I'll play too. But, I mean, just how much time they spent on Guardians, I don't care how good the game looked, 
no game deserves that amount of time. Like, even if they did something like that for Halo or Breath of the Wild 2, like, come on, let, let's, let's keep moving things along. That was too much. All of the Final Fantasy games coming to mobile, having no updates about Final Fantasy VII Remake, I get that, especially since we just got Intergrade. It's gonna be a long time before we get Part 2. But nothing about Final Fantasy XVI, no Final Fantasy Thirteen Trilogy Remake for current consoles. <laughs> See, I give them a C. Like a D- C minus C kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, I compared to some of the other ones like Capcom or Bandai Namco. You're right. Just relative. They came with games that I actually remembered them playing. That's good. Um, yeah, that's good even point. more like Ubisoft. I think there was no real takeaways, and that's why they got lower down the list. But at least Square tried. Whether it was, I mean, Guardians looks like a fun game. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, they showed up. They did stuff. They just didn't fail. Completely. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll bump them up to a C. Okay, cool. Speaking of things that are not in any... C's get degrees. They do. Yes. Yeah, I have heard Just that. not in master's programs, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> According to Lauren, she yes. cannot get any C's. Yeah. But uh, my goodness, Ryan, let's hop over to the Capcom department. Dude, just the best. My gosh. All the Capcom. I only have one nice. game written down because everything else I... Yeah. I mean, you start things out, you have some RE8 DLC stuff coming eventually. I think they literally may have said, like, it's coming eventually. Some Monster Hunter content. They spent about 15 minutes figuring out whether Professor Plum murdered Colonel Sanders in the lounge versus the kitchen in some random Ace Attorney game. Like, they spent so much time on that, which I felt was, like, completely unnecessary. And then they end the whole damn thing talking about esports for five to ten minutes. It was thrilling. I mean, if ever there was a blueprint for the worst way to host an e3 conference that was it yeah i think the only thing they showed more stuff with uh monster hunter stories too which is basically pokemon monster hunters Mm -hmm. um so for that reason i gave them a d not a complete failure but pretty much everything else was bad yeah pretty bad i would give them a g if i could like it was just it was really yeah that, that was just bad dude that was bad um yeah, not didn't do anything for me. All right, I not that I would have expected them to come to the table with Devil May Cry six or Resident Evil four remake or Code Veronica remake. Monster but Hunter World two. Something, dude. Come on. Yeah. There's got to be. I, I know some of those things are in development. Yeah. Like they couldn't come to the table and tease something more exciting. I mean, you end your freaking conference with esports discussion. Come on, know your audience. That's like talking to like law books. <laughs> it's I don't know. Yeah. There's zero hype after like the Wii Sports for me. So then the following day, Ryan, I, I will hold. Let, let's hit Nintendo or Nankai Banda real quick before we get to the. I literally have no games that seem interesting. I just gave them a straight F. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went through their thing. I was like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> like I don't care about any of this. Like I could not name one game. That they showed. That's embarrassing. I mean, they did have Elden Ring, which is Bandai Namco, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't at their conference. So I have to give them credit for that, but that's different. Conference. We already graded it as part yeah. of Summer Games Fest. So um, the talk of the internet was Nintendo, please save us. You're our only hope. Because, like, obviously Microsoft crushed it, just absolutely killed E3, but we almost forgot about them because we had to sit through Square Enix, Capcom, Namco, Bandai. And, and I mean, this is not even listing out like the 
five other conferences per day on top of these that uh because we're not listening to them we don't care about <laughs> well i think there was an indie game showcase again. i think there was like a pc game stuff i i didn't hear anything really of takeaways from those yeah but yeah i think nintendo was probably my favorite when it comes to announcements that i would really get invested in mm-hmm. um and then xbox is behind that um i think nintendo had bigger announcements more AAA stuff compared to the more spread out of the wealth in with the, among Xbox games. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's get right into it, Ryan. What yes. did you think about that opening Smash trailer with uh, Kazuya? I think he's from Tekken. <coughs> he's coming to Smash. Yeah, I mean, good for Tekken people and Smash people. I It's been a while since I've picked up Smash. Um, they can keep adding people until the, the sun explodes. I think they probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's another fighter. We have like three or four at this point from Street Fighter or Tekken. Yeah. So, yeah, no, good I'm for a, Smash people. I'm a huge Tekken fan. I mean, back in the day, Tekken Tag Tournament was one of my favorite and still is fighting games of all time. I played the heck out of that on PS2. I was a big Tekken 3 fan on PS1. Played a lot of Tekken in the arcade, but I've kind of fallen off the map you know, and the console generation since the PS2 days. Um, so Kazuya coming to Smash, I think is fun. You know, I'll certainly play as him, you know, just to try him out or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, more than anything, the big takeaway was just the trailer was violent as hell and super funny. Yeah. I like so. the, uh, I mean, when it started out, I was like, oh shit, is Ganondorf going to die in like a Zelda trailer? Yeah. Like immediately tossed by a new villain taking his place. And then it was a fucking troll. Yeah. So leave it to Nintendo for those troll moves. I did like that. Um, I think the next one was it Monkey Ball was the next big announcement in Super Monkey Ball. Mo- Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania come on October fifth. It's I think a collection of a lot of the classic Monkey Ball games. I mean, the last time I played a Monkey Ball game was either on the GameCube or the GBA. But these games are so fun. Yeah, I never actually owned any. I just was over at a friend's who had it and he was playing. And it looked like a ton of fun. Oh I've always gosh. wanted to play these games, and now I'll be able to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed them back in the day, and it's been forever. I Actually, it's funny that this ha- this announcement happened because not too long ago, I think I got Banana Blitz. It was a Vita game, eventually ported to PS4, and the PS4 copy is a heck of a lot less less expensive than the, P- the Vita version. Um, so I was excited to get back into the Monkey Ball train, but now... We got this collection coming. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, me too. This will definitely probably be a day one for me. Nice. Yeah, I think me too. Uh, So October 5th, that'll be a fun game to play, certainly later this fall. And my goodness, people, the the good people know that the Rusty's a pretty big Mario Party fan. Yes. Especially the first three games. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mario Party 6 on the GameCube. Love that cute little microphone. I remember getting it for my birthday back in the day. That and Star Fox Assault. That was a good birthday. But Mario Party Superstars, five classic boards, a hundred favorite mini games, and freaking online play with friends. Yeah, that's really what you needed just to be able to play that game. Because I am not a fan of Mario Party games. Um oh, we I think we played it one was it one New Year's Eve we played, which was fun. I think playing the original ones, but this is Probably not a game that I would 
consider picking up. Okay. Well, I'll pick it up for the both of us. Yes. And we'll play some online play. We can play online play. We could play some uh, local, I guess, boards, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, is that co-op? Or is that, <laughs> how, how do you... What is the word? What are we doing? <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> I like short circuiting. Yeah, you, you were like, you just like, Ryan. stop. Like, English, where am I? <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, this, for you. this is a main highlight for me. This is a top five game from E3 for me, just because I'm I'm such a big fan of the Mario Party games. I didn't include Mario Golf on the list, um, just because we've already known about that game. Yeah, we've been just... anticipating it. And speaking of Mario Golf, for Father's Day, I actually bought my dad a Switch Lite. I got a Mario Kart 8, and I'm gonna pre-order for him Mario Golf. Uh, super rush because my goodness does that game look great yeah it looks intense yeah i mean i i think they went through all of the different game modes which we hadn't seen before yeah and the reason why i'm getting him mario golf is because my dad growing up he played a lot of diddy kong racing with my sister and i but he also played a lot of hot shots golf three and four on the ps2 remember coming home from school walking downstairs he was already running through tournaments playing match play unlocking characters he loves the hot shots golf games so much so that when i got open t on the psp he stole my psp so much that i eventually just told him dad you have to get a psp because you can't keep stealing mine and i i the day i told him that he said well then let's go to gamestop and get me one <laughs> so we went to gamestop nice. he got a psp he got hot shots golf open t and we played local co-op matches all the freaking time until when we ended up moving late in high school during one of our house showings, someone snagged and pocketed my dad's PSP. It's a crime against humanity. Yeah. They basically a war crime. That's what I'm saying. They stole it. And then he never ended up getting back on the Hot Shots Golf Train. I got him a PS2 Slim a couple years ago for Christmas, but it kind of just collects dust at his house. So I thought... Pretty much all my dad does is watch TV shows on Netflix, read books, and do yard work outside. So I thought, what better way to get my dad back into video games if he's just going to be sitting there watching TV shows all day? Yeah, you might as well multitask. He might as well multitask and play some RuneScape and AFK. I was going to say, I mean, Ben can triple task. Like, he, he was RuneScaping, playing COD, and like fucking learning how to cook. <laughs> Your dad can definitely RuneScape. Get a cape, play some Hot Shots or Mario Golf, and watch a game. Yeah, so I got him that really slick-looking um, blue Switch. It's almost like a matte blue. Yeah, right? yeah. So I got him the blue Switch Lite, uh, got a Mario Kart 8, like I said, and then I'll get a Mario Golf. So I'm going to give it to him tomorrow for Father's Day. Hope he likes it. I told him like in advance, like, yo, I got you a pretty sick Father's Day gift. If you don't like it, not a big deal. Lauren and I will take it back. We'll happily add it to our collection. Yeah. And uh, he, he thought it was a dog. And I said, I promise you, it's not alive. Um, but <laughs> it's not breathing. But um, I'm excited to give it to him. I, I hope he enjoys it. I hope he and I can just play a ton of Mario Golf together because I love those games so much, just as much as he loves them. And uh, it'll be, be a good uh, father-son bonding moment. I, I'm trying to think of how that would be worded if it was a dog. Hey, if you don't like this dog... We'll take it back. <laughs> we'll add it to our collection of dogs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Scoob needs a friend. Yeah, a pack. 
Exactly. Um, so yes, Mario Party Superstars looks terrific. And then we got a pretty big reveal, Ryan. Yes. Someone took the stage and said, we want you to know that we are still working hard on Metroid Prime 4. However, we have another game in the Metroid series currently in development that we want to let you know about. This confused me because then they said Metroid 5. And I was like, I thought we just mentioned 4. But it's apparently a different thing. I've never heard of Dread. Is that a new thing? I heard rumors, uh, I think Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny Games, that Metroid Dread was teased back in like 2004. Wow. I don't know anything about that. All I know is that this looks like an amazing 2D Metroid game. I think I kind of prefer the 2D Metroidvania type games. Yeah. This looks graphically so impressive, so much going on on screen, and Samus's suit is pretty freaking dope. Yeah, I never really played any uh, Metroid games previously, and I very much prefer this to the first-person shooter Mm -hmm. style. Um, So this will definitely be a day one for me. And it's coming October 8th. That's really close to the other one, (laughs) Monkey Ball game. (laughs) Literally, the end of this year, on top of like all the Xbox stuff for the Xbox people, which is just like 30 games scattered throughout the end of this year, plus we got like... I think Kane is coming to all systems, right? So Kane is coming. No, come on now. That's is a PlayStation. Kane a, is PlayStation. Yeah. Well, I guess for me then, because I'm a PlayStation person. Got Kana. You got Horizon. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. So we have a lot of things to fill the end of this year. We do. Yeah. We also got WarioWare's coming back, bro. Yes. Get it together, September 10th. And you're, then you ever played a Wario game before? WarioWare, I should say. No, I I have not. No. Really. No. Oh, it's a fun little minigame compilation thing. Is it? Thing. Yeah, I mean... I, they you... looked unique. It really reminds me, and is probably what the stage was, m- like, mirrored after. There was, like, a stage, I think, based off of Wario that had a bunch of little mini games in the background. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, well, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I wouldn't get WarioWare Day 1. Like, I'm not paying 50, 60 bucks for that, uh, especially with the number of other titles coming out. But I was really happy for diehard WarioWare fans... Because I think you can also play local co-op with a friend, which is just a great thing to do in those types of chaotic, fun little minigame compilations. So, WarioWare's good fun. Glad we're getting another entry. Nice. Yeah, I think the biggest one, and this is probably the second biggest announcement of the entire thing that I about shit myself, was Advance Wars. One and two, reboot camp, reimagining of the first two games on GBA. I mean, it was already hard enough to not stop salivating at the mouth when it looked like it was kind of a remake of the first game. But when they said they were doing both one and two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I saw the character come on screen. I was like, that style looks very familiar. And then it just, it like popped up advanced wars. And I just like, I, I mean, I didn't know what to do. Like I've been, lo- I mean, I've over the last couple of episodes talked about advanced wars so many times of wanting it, it being like 250 bucks. I think the only one I played was the DS version. Dual Strike is great. Yes. So I'm so excited. I love the graphical style, the update. It really reminds me of like a chibi kind of glossed over, just a prettier version of the original. Um, yeah, this is day one for sure Major there's a hype. lot of day ones for nintendo for me yeah and you know there were a lot of uh complaints about the graphic style looking 
just getting away from the sprite-based, you know, animations of the original game. But you got to also consider that this is being remade for a new audience of people. Not only is this meant to cater to the people that grew up playing Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance and eventually the DS, but I'm sure their hope is that a new generation of young people or even older folks are going to hop on the Advance Wars train. And, I mean, when did the first Advance Wars come out? Like 15 years ago? Oh, yeah, it was probably like 2002, 2004-ish, somewhere in there. Jeez, like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think the newer generation would be as pumped about the pixely look. I think this new this could be almost a rebranding of the updated style, and if it sells well, we might get a new Advance Wars, and yeah. that would be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm super pumped for this. This will be a day one. It's coming December third. Pre-orders started the day it was released, and um, yeah, I mean, just an incredible showing for Nintendo. I know those were kind of the main games that you and I got excited about, but we also got Danganronpa later this year. The bundle brings together Trigger Happy Havoc, Danganronpa Two, Danganronpa V3. Killing Harmony, that's kind of a visual novel-based series of games that I think debuted on the PlayStation Vita. There's a pretty big fan base around those games, and I think visual novels are perfect games for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, most so, definitely. That's a big thing for, for Danging Rapa. I can't even say it. I was going to say, I most of those words that you just said, like in that spiel about the game or those games, I didn't understand. <laughs> we got the Ds. The Ds are coming later this Gotta fall. Gotta love those Ds coming. Uh, we also got Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water. The latest game in the Ghostly Photography franchise is getting a modern update with Maiden of Black Water. Looks like, uh, I'm just reading my notes at this point. This new look for the horror game series comes to Nintendo Switch later this year. I think this game never got a physical release in the States. Okay. But it was on the Wii U. All right. So I'm always down for more horror games. Fatal Frame looks fun. I'll definitely try and play that during the spooky season. Sign me up. And then we didn't get Bayonetta 3. We didn't get Metroid Prime 4. But we did get another game that people were super pumped about in SMT 5. Shimigami Tensei 5 coming November 12th. I've never been able to get into this series. There's a steep learning curve, not only with the complexity of the battle system, but also kind of similar in the same vein of Persona series. Mm. Story-wise, it's just very different. Okay. Do you have any desire to play SMT5? Is SMT... I want to say... I, I mean, I've heard the title Shimagama Tensei before. It, did that spawn a different genre of games? Like, not genre, maybe, like... Was that... I don't know. Probably not. I, we'll have to see how it's received. I'm not it, really sure what you're asking right now. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I want to say in one of our conversations in the last, like, five years, and that's why it's going to be hard for you to answer, you've said that, like, that ju- that game, Shimagana, had, was it SM? <laughs> Whatever you shortened it to, has spurred on, like, Dragon Quest or a different set of games that are similar. Maybe. If I knew where you were going with the question, I might be able to better <laughs> if answer. If I knew where I was going with the question, you'd be able to answer. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on. we <laughs> yeah. I, I probably won't play it. So SMT5, it's not my cup of tea necessarily, but if it's getting really great reviews, I think I got, I know I got SMT4 on the 3DS, 
and I played for like an hour or two. It, again, it's just not in my wheelhouse of RPGs that really clicks with me. Um, it's just not my thing. But you know what? I'm happy for the SMT fans. I know a lot of people were psyched. It was the game of the show for folks though that listen to the show. So happy for all you SMT fans out there. But Ryan, we got one final string of announcements at we, the end of this Nintendo Direct. Yes, we got two big announcements. So, um, we didn't know if we were going to get Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay footage, release date. We, we didn't know anything, right? But we got, it was kind of a string of Zelda announcement where it was like, but there's one more thing, but there's one more thing. Uh, I think we got some Hyrule Warriors, whatever that Age of Calamity type game on the Switch where you just beat up a bunch of waves of enemies or whatever. <laughs> Again, not my cup of tea, but we heard a little bit about that. We got more about Skyward Sword HD coming later this summer, and then we got a little uh, Game & Watch thing for Zelda, yeah. where you can play a couple of the classic Zelda games on a little handheld device. Again, not something the, I'm going to pick up. But. Yeah, what do those usually run price-wise? Because I... Wasn't the Game & Watch... like They did that previously, it didn't sell well, or it... Like, scalpers didn't like it or something because of... Well, there was a Mario one not too long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just don't think it took off like people... Certainly the scalpers thought it would. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, do you know what it went for? Like, cost-wise, like 100 bucks or 50 bucks? No, I think it was more like 40 50 bucks. Okay, that's not it was, bad. Yeah, I don't think it was too expensive. Nice. But, um, I mean, it's a cute little system. Yeah. I mean, I've never played any of those three original Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And I've really only played two Zeldas. Um so, yeah, I mean, I'll consider it if it goes on sale. Good stuff. Well, they ended their E3 with a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, which I thought was an impressive showing of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I thought so too. It's cool that they'll be keeping, or it sounds like they'll be keeping the same environment from the first, first Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, and what they're adding is kind of a sky, floating islands, Pandora-esque kind of element to it. It'll be... Ke- I'm curious to see if they keep the same shrines on the ground, if it'll be like literally a copy and paste, and here's Zelda 1 plus Zelda 2 stuff, world in the air. But I mean, the the shaders, there was one scene where the I think Link was running over an island, I'd presume, and he was looking up, the sun was setting, and it was just like this golden light over everything, and it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see, it, there was like one mechanic where the, he went through the ground, so it looks like he has like a mechanical like arm thing, which will be the new uh, Sheikah Slate. Well, my excited thought, for it. My thought for that is that it looks like it's a rewind time mechanic. Oh. Because when there was the drop of water and then it seeps back through that stone and he kind of comes out of that, the music was playing backwards. I didn't notice that. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's going to be some kind of rewind time mechanic into the game, or into Breath of the Wild 2, how that plays into the overall story. Again, I'm not familiar with Breath of the Wild 1, story-wise, and what actually went down, Um, but my guess is the biggest play for this one is rewinding of time. Maybe it has some strange ties to Ocarina of Time. I have no idea, because I'm not really well-versed in the deep Zelda lore, if you will, Um, but if there is a rewind time mechanic, that that sounds relatively interesting, but I'm also someone that Breath of the Wild, I just never really went deep on um, because just the sense of scale and size of that game, 
um, weapon durability, things like that just kind of were off-putting for me. It's something I want to return to. Getting a Breath of the Wild trailer like this kind of kicks me in the pants a little bit to maybe go back to that world and play Breath of the Wild again, or at least give it another shot. But if it's to be believed that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to get, you know, bleed into a 2023 release date, then another year. I, I don't feel any pressure to jump back into that world right now. I know a lot of people were upset about not getting a better locked in date for Breath of the Wild 2. But I mean, again, the pandemic probably had a significant impact on development of this one. And we have a lot of stuff to tie us over into the next year for Switch. Yeah, I mean, for this one, I, I, I don't really care when it's released. I just want it as polished as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's 2023, so be it. Yeah, and like you said, there's plenty to play. I mean, they're get an Xbox and play Game Pass. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm just excited that we're starting to see some gameplay, some uh, look at the changes um, and new abilities, so... I'll definitely be getting, I mean, really most of the lineup for at least the games that I care about, I'll be getting day one for Nintendo. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, overall, Ryan, what are you coming in at letter grade wise for Nintendo? Probably an A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing really, I mean, besides the Xbox for the Game Pass people, which was an S, it's hard to get an S in my book. Yeah. Um, So maybe if they had a firm release date for uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and a bit more gameplay, then it would probably be bumped up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got more cinematic trailer for that. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. I'm with you. I give it an A also. To put Nintendo in an S tier, I would have liked to have seen whatever the Super Mario Odyssey team is working on. I know they have this Donkey Kong platformer in the works. Apparently, I would have loved to have seen a reveal for that. Donkey Kong Island, 2.5D platformer, 3D platformer, whatever it is, that would have bumped it up to like an A+. And then I'm with you. If we got a Breath of the Wild 2 release date, a tease, or a look at what the Switch Pro is, yeah, yeah. That, that would have really bumped it up for me. But, I mean, this was a, sh- a solid, very solid Nintendo Direct with all of these games. Metroid Dread was huge. I know all the Metroid fans were going nuts. Advance Wars coming back. SMT gets a release date. We got Mario Party Online. I mean, you got to celebrate Nintendo when they kill it. And I think they really crushed this one. Yeah, for sure. So... Overall, like I said, very entertaining E3. There were high highs and there were some low chaos lows. But <laughs> I think all around, Ryan, it was a good time. Definitely. Um, like we said, it's it's way better than last year when we got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this is the kind of new approach, I'm hoping next year they have people in the seats to get some of those mm. cheering and that hype. Heck yeah. I'd feel bad for some of the Capcoms, the Ubisofts, Ooh. and Bandai Namcos who come with bullshit. Um but I would have loved to hear some of the cheers for Xbox and Nintendo. Um, it, it just, that environment was so fun to hear uh, in the past. So hopefully in the future. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, everyone, thank you once again. If you're still listening to the show, we very much appreciate you. You can show your appreciation for us by going over to Apple iTunes, leaving us a little review, rating us five stars, writing something nice. We'd really appreciate it. It would make our days. We'll read the darn thing on the podcast live, give you a little shout out. So consider doing that. Do want to do a little plug and shout out because next week, Ryan and I will not be recording an episode for Otaku Brothers because... We've had a long string of week-to-week podcast episodes. Some of them have gone on for two hours plus, like this episode might do uh, if we keep talking too long. 
but we are going to be reviving the Otaku Brothers game night. So next Saturday, June 26th, I think is the date. It is next Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to be playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch with the Otaku Brothers community. So if you're not in the Discord and you want to participate, please hop in the Discord, navigate to that little Game Nights channel. I have my friend code in there. Add me as a friend. We'll hop online. I'll kick your ass in Mario Kart. It'll be a great time. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm actually not good at Mario Kart, but I just bought it yesterday. <laughs> so there you it's go. It's surprising how it's a Mario game, but it's it's crazy how much value those games hold. It's still fifty bucks. It's gonna be seventy in a couple years because it's Mario Kart. Yeah, so. like Walmart was sold out, which was surprising. Mm-hmm. I I went to. Like, I did a leg day yesterday, so I was, like, drenched. Like, I was disgusting. And I went into Walmart, like, People of Walmart is a funny, like, website with crazy Walmart people, but I felt like I should be on that list, (laughs) how, like, sweat-covered I was hunting around for Mario Kart, but... I found it. No worries. Nice. So yeah, next Saturday, hop into the Discord. We're going to be getting into the voice channel. We're going to be mic'd up, playing some Mario Kart. We already have nine people that have RSVP'd. Let me actually check to see if that's been bumped up to to 10. We are at nine people of RSVP, not including Ryan and I. So that's 11 of 12 people that can be in a room. So Can you check? Maybe I was the ninth. No, you were not. It was Logan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are you being up to date on everyone? I'm trying, man. I'm doing my best to bring value to the good people and uh, just entertain everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's look what at that. Bringing the quality. That's what we're all about here <laughs> in Otaku Brothers. So, yes, if you want to play some Mario Kart with all the good people, hop in the Discord. Add me. Uh, my friend code's listed there. Add me as a friend on Switch. And we'll be playing Mario Kart next Saturday. It'll be yeah, good times. it should be a ton of fun. All right. And then the week after that, we're not even going to tease what's going down because it's going to be fun. We have guests lined up here in the near future, so we've got all of the Otaku Brothers content coming real soon. But as we come to a close for this E3 field episode, as we always do on Otaku Brothers, got to toss it over to my co-host, ask him if he has any parting words or fun facts for the listeners. Yeah, well, one, during our bathroom break, this is not my fun fact, but during the bath- one of our many bathroom breaks that we've had today is... I was looking at the picture frame of our original sketch for the logo of this, mm. and I always forget that we were originally potentially going to be called Bro Gaming, <laughs> which is so unelegant. Well, that was your uh, that was your original pitch of just like Bro Gaming, and uh, it's actually funny. Um, I know we're going on too long, but hey, this is the good stuff after hours of Talker Brothers goodness that you get if you're still listening. Um, I was listening to or tuning into friend of the show, Blinker Blinkum, on Twitch the other night, and we were talking about, he and his significant other, uh, Sprite, was talking about how she had really been enjoying the past couple of Otaku Brothers episodes, and Blink was talking about the pressure you have of being my forever co-host, since that's what I say at the top of every episode, to kind of kick off the show, but when we recorded our first episode in your apartment back in the day, that was kind of an unscripted thing that... You know, we spent so much time trying to get everything up and going, testing audio, figuring out how all that worked. And it didn't dawn on me until we actually started recording that, like, I have to kick off the show. And I wanted it to be somewhat memorable. So I kind of was just like, welcome to Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and this is my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. Ryan, what's, <laughs> what's going on? And, th- and then it just kind of stuck. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I, I've heard that so many times, both for like us testing our mics and now. I, I totally didn't realize I'm your forever co-host because I just, I don't know if I tune it out. But like, yeah, I guess I'm stuck here. Yep. We're talking about <laughs> forever. This for li- we're talking about this for life. But we love all you people out there and we hope you continue to enjoy the show. And if you don't, Leave us an email to talk about this podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you don't like. Let us know what you love. And if you have any suggestions for the future of the show, let us know. We'd very much appreciate it. But Ryan, that fun fact, you got one? Uh, I mean, I can use bro gaming as my fun pack. I like it's, it. it's more fun than the Dunning-Kruger effect that I was going to talk about. <laughs> All right. Maybe next week. Yeah. Except not next week because we're not recording. So two weeks from now. Yeah, sure. We've gone on for too long. We love everyone out there. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're playing the best video games. We hope you're getting outside and getting some of the sunshine. And we'll see you next time. See ya.